Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. You look so good. Tell your neighbor you look nice this morning. Come on, tell them. Say you look nice this morning. Come on, amen. Who's ready to celebrate this week? Big week, amen. A lot going on. Thankfully, the weather is colder. We can layer up after all that eating. And so it's all good, man. And so, but it is. This is going to be a good time this week. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. But I'm excited about right now. Yeah, I'm so pumped about what God's going to do this morning, and I'm just thankful that you're here. If this is your first time with us at Faith Renewed, we just always want to take a moment, pause, tell you how glad we are that God sent you. We don't take it for granted that you're here today, so we're just thankful that he sent you today. If you're joining us on our online family, welcome you as well. Always love having that family joining us, but uh, again, if you're first time there as well, thank you for being with us. And Faith Family, would you do this? Just let our first time guests know you love them. Would you do that? Come on, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, amen, amen. Well, I'm just uh, looking forward to jumping back in the Word. You should know where we're at right now, by now if you've been with us the last couple of weeks. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 25, amen? Yeah, Exodus chapter 25, and as you turn there, if you use the Version Bible app, you can use that this morning as well. I have a live event taking place. You can click on more and then events and find that right there in the palm of your hand. And uh, follow right along with me if, as well. Save it if you would. Uh, share that if you would. But I'm just glad you're here and ready to jump in this thing. You got it? If you found, if you found it already, say, I have it. Say, I have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's read it. Verses 1 through 8 again, it says this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, oil for the light, and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. In verse 8, this is where we have been focused on for the last couple of weeks, says it this, it says that, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Oh, man, he wants to be with you. Oh, man, and I want to be where he is. Amen. What an amazing song. Thank you guys for singing that this morning, Ben. Beautiful, bro. Um, let's pray, and let's jump into this word today. God, thank you for wanting to be with us. Thank you for wanting to be in relationship with us. We want to be with you. So, Lord, we just ask that you'll just speak clearly to hearts and minds today, God. Yeah, let them be open today, Lord, to hear and receive and respond accordingly. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 Oh, man, again, don't forget. It's been announced, been said, no service this Wednesday. And please enjoy your time. But uh, the following week, fifth Wednesday, worship and fellowship is going to be a good time. Make sure you're registered for that. Amen. Well, let's jump in. I want to, I, I guess, as we've been talking in this series, uh, it's called Relationship Goals. If you don't know, we have been, uh, I guess, dealing with, looking at, learning about those relationships in our life that should matter most. And um, again, we've taken deep dives into several areas. Go back, uh, listen to any of those messages that you've missed. Um, maybe just need to be reminded. There's some of those we need to be reminded of. There's some of those uh, on those podcasts you you should put in your rotation uh, to to remember regularly, and uh, again, it's important. But we've been talking the last couple of weeks um, about the relationship that God wants to have with us, and I love this. I love that He wants to be with us. He wants to He wants to be in relationship with us. And I um, I, I was going to try to put together some some pictures. I spent a lot of time this week looking through the internet, looking at pictures of the tabernacle, and um, found some really cool things. Uh, there are uh, actually some 3D tours that have have been made digitally, and uh, really cool stuff that you can actually go and look and and, and kind of like actually feel like you're in the the Holy of Holies and in the outer court. And so cool. I didn't pull any of those things. They're just hard, I feel like, to translate, get those, especially on our screens. But but I did pull uh, a couple. I, I pulled one. I, I want them to throw this up. This is just kind of like it's a simplistic view, um, and it's a kind of an overview look at the tabernacle of Moses and, and kind of just real simple terms that we can kind of see. And, um, and it kind of helps us understand, like, where this began, where we're at now in this process and in our study, uh, we, we saw week one that we were all outside the gate. Every one of us have been outside the gate at some point or are still there today if we have not entered into a relationship with Jesus. But I'm thankful that we can go through the gate. And how many know Jesus is the gate? Oh, man, he is the gate. And so again, we can go through the gate. And when we go in through the gate, we enter into the, to the outer court. And um, we talked about that on week one. And then we talked about that outer court. And in the outer court, you'll find a couple of things there. You'll find that altar of burnt offering where we have forgiveness of sins and where a sacrifice has been made. And uh, we know that today, again, this is all a picture of Jesus who lays his life down. He gives his life for us. Um, and then we know, again, what that brings for us, the forgiveness and uh, the sins that, we, that are in our life. We, we go to the next step, and we find ourselves at the bronze laver. And it was there that the priest would wash their hands. It was there that place the priest would wash their feet, again, signifying, a, again, a cleansing work. And I'm thankful that Jesus has cleansed me from the dirt and the stuff in my life. Amen? Is anybody thankful that they've been cleansed? by Jesus. Amen. And so again, it don't matter what you've done, how deep you are, he can cleanse you from that today. And so again, I'm thankful for the outer court, but I don't want to stay there. I don't want to just stay like again in the outer court to actually get to heaven one day. I, I want to keep going deeper in. Oh man, I want more of him. And so last week we learned that we can enter into the holy place. And so again, past the altar, past the golden lampstand, into the holy place. And so it was there that we have the table of showbread, and it is there that we have the golden lampstand. Again, both a picture of again of what Christ has done for us, and now today what we are to 
do for him. Amen. Ain't that how it works? It just, again, he's done this for us. I just want to do this for him. So again, he is that table of showbread. He is the bread of life. And so again, we want to be the ones now who feed the hungry, who feed the lost. And as he said, feed my sheep, Jesus said, we want to walk in that. And again, do and live that way. We, we see again, he was the light of the world and in the golden lampstand. And he said for us to be the golden light today. He, we are to be his burning ones. Amen. So again, it's what no candle. This was this was oil and a lamp, a light. And today we are called to be the burning ones for Him. And again, I'm so thankful for that. When once you pass that, you come now to the altar of incense. And it is in the altar of incense, again, we learned that again that was going up as a sweet smelling fragrance, just like our prayer does towards the Lord. Oh, man, when we pray, he is receiving that. It sometimes feels like, man, is he getting this thing? Yes. And so, again, we, we learn again how beautiful that is. And today, I don't want to do this. I don't want to stop in the holy place when there's a holy of holies available. Amen. I don't want us as a church to stop having just a good service when we can have the glory of God in our life in every day in every way. So again, there is a holy of holies that is available. So today I want to talk about the holy of holies and I want all he has for me. I do. I want all that he has for me. And so we learned this. It was only the priest that could go into the holy place, but it was only the high priest that could enter the holy of holies. And he would enter there once a year, and, and we'll talk about that. But, but before he could even go into that place, you will find before you enter the holy of holies, there is a last separation there, and it's called the veil. Now, Oh man, the, I'm telling you, there's just, there's just a, so, this is such a cool study. Please, again, I've said this every week, do this, spend time just even diving deeper into these things because it's so beautiful and powerful what, what all of this is represented. But we find again, once we kind of get ready to leave the holy place, before we enter into the holy of holies, there is a separation. And it's called the veil. Now, the veil, you can read this in Exodus chapter 26. We see in verses 31 through 33, we see that he says, You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread. We'll say that in a minute about what those represent. But a fine woven linen. Come on, some fine linen. Amen. It shall be woven with the artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with the gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver, and you shall hang the veil from the clasp. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil, and the veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. There is a divider between the holy place and the most holy. And I, I, I believe, again, we've seen this, 
and again, only again once a year that they could enter in. On the Day of Atonement, it was a day where they were atoning for the sin. Remembering again the, the picture of that death angel crossing over because of the blood. We, we see so much significance here because of the Christ, because of what Christ did, putting blood upon his life that we can have again a place, be able to enter into that holy place. But this is why there is a divider. And I'm like, man, I feel like so many times, man, we allow things in our lives, stuff comes our way, situations arise, and we stay in a place outside of where God ha would have us. And there's a place we can go in him. I, I believe this. I believe, again, it was an atoning, the day of atonement where sin was, was again, brought before God and placed on that altar and placed upon the Ark of Covenant. I believe this. I believe sin is still a separation. I believe sin is still a divider that keeps us from the presence of God. It still does that today. But, but I love this. We see a picture here here in this veil because the veil, the Bible says there, there were three uh, different types of uh, uh, threads that were used. There was a blue, a purple, and a scarlet. Now, it's amazing that you see the order even of which that, that happens. You see the blue in there, I believe, representing the heavens, and also blue represents the glory. Glory that there that is available now we see something here that bottom thread is red and we know what the red represents we know the red represents again the blood that was shed because of the sin of man but now we see something here directly in between the blue and directly between the red it says that there is purple I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know what purple represents. It represents royalty. And man, we see this, the royal one, the king of kings who does this. He comes in between the glory of heaven and the sin of man and becomes the thing now that can loop and bring all of this together. It is the king of kings still today that brings us into the presence of God. Oh, and I love this. This is so cool because, again, only one day in, in the entire year could they go into that place. Now, again, this high priest could go in. Again, then after, I mean, there's, again, so much more here. After taking parts of the coal, after taking parts of the sacrifice, after taking the incense, after kind of like creating a cloud even within the holy place because, again, the incense became so thick in there because, again, they couldn't look upon all that glory that was in that room. And so, again, there was just, there was just so much significance. But we see something happen, and, again, this is all going back to Jesus because we see what happens in Hebrews chapter 9. And I don't know, man, I don't know if the high priest, I don't know if God gave them revelations of this. I don't know if he let them see this. And again, just about, man, what they were doing and how powerful this was. We knew they were going for the children of Israel and a representation of them. But today what Christ did is for the world. And this is so wild because in Hebrews chapter 9, go, it's in, go with me there. It's, it's in your notes. In verses 11 through 15, we see this. Now, again, only once a year by the high priest could sin be atoned for for man. But it had to be ongoing. It was an ongoing work. It was every year. Once a year, someone would go in. But I don't know if you know this or not. That got settled one day. 
That got settled one day so that we no longer have to do it. There no longer has to be a sacrifice made. There is a sacrifice now that can be received. And now because of what Christ did, because this is what the Scripture says. It says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. So again, they made a picture, they gave a representation, they made it by hand, but God had already made it within the heavens. Oh man, is this not cool that, to think that there is a holy place in heaven that man, we can encounter with God and this is what Christ does. He does this, it says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. Oh, man, with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So this is what happens for us. When me and you put our faith in Christ, we're eternally redeemed. Oh, man, we have been eternally redeemed. Our sin forgiven, our debt canceled, all of these things done. He says this, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ... (laughs) Oh, man, because, again, that high priest would enter in and take upon that sin, the blood from that offering that was made for sin, and sprinkle it upon the ark of a covenant on the mercy seat. But how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. Oh, man, there's established again. They were remembering a covenant. We're going to see pictures of that in the ark there that we're going to see open as they, that ark is opened up and we look at what's inside. But now we see here this again, a new covenant made by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Man, I'm talking about God. So this is telling me that for eternity, the inheritance that God has provided for us is not something that we have to enter into once a year. So we don't have to have great moves of God in this church in waves any longer. I don't know where that theology came from. We don't have to have great moves of the Spirit, and we don't have to have the encounters with God once a year when a revival is scheduled or once in a, in a blue moon where he decides we can have an eternal inheritance with God and experience the glory of God every day of our life because of what Jesus did for us. This is good news today. Oh, man, I love it. I love this. Now, I found this in my, in my, in my search for, for, for pictures. Uh, th- this was incredible. This was a cool picture. It is, a, it, is, it is called a flow of worship. Now, again, I hope you can see that. The flow of worship, again, kind of symbolized here in what we see take place at each level. Now, again, we, this is, again, what this represents. Again, we can experience this every day. He says that we, I, I love this. We, first of all, enter through Jesus. 
please don't stay on the outside. Don't. I understand Paul when he's like, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Like, I'm begging you. Like, I'm begging you, don't miss this. Don't miss this moment. Don't, don't stay on the outside. But we can enter in through Jesus. And then when we enter in through Jesus, we see at each of those levels, we see the sacrifice as we confess our sins. We see what happens there in that moment. Now as we go to that next level, this again is what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks, cleansed and forgiven. And then I like the representation that it's in the holy place that worship happens. It's in the holy place again as we experience again in, in worship and in prayer and in thanksgiving to God that does this, that takes us through the veil into the holy of holies to that last word there that you see in to an encounter. We ain't studying about God. We're not talking about what we can encounter the living God. There's a lot of people studying stuff and studying things and studying scripture, but they'll never encounter the presence and the glory of God. And he wants this for us. We can encounter him. Now, this is how this happens. It, it happens when we walk into the Holy of Holies. Now, again, the Holy of Holies is the presence of God. It is the raw presence. Like this was, he said, build me a place so I can dwell with you. Like, I, I want you to make this place so that, that I can be. I can tabernacle with you. I can be with you. We can be together. And it's always been the plan. We saw where sin separated it from the beginning. Sin still the separation, but it's always God trying to get back to the people that he loves. And so, again, we see this here. Now, this is, this is happening. It shows that as we walk into the Holy of Holies, when you enter into that place, into the encounter with God, you're encountering the raw presence of God oh man and I just I, I'm so thankful that we, we can still have that because here's the thing if, if you don't have the presence none of that other stuff matters None of those other things matter if you don't eventually can't, don't have a relationship with him. That it's you don't, if you don't walk into that place. And again, none of these things matter if we don't have the presence. Listen, how I many our songs don't matter if we don't have presence? Amen. The announcements and the fellowship and all the things that have, this sermon don't mean nothing if we don't have presence. Altar calls being open. If he's not there when we get there and we don't have the presence of God, none of these things matter. But we can have the raw presence of a holy God today. And again, it's, it's, it's wild to think about. Like again, we see this and one person would enter in once a year. But there was one who entered in and made a way for us today to enter into every day of our life. But again, it's in the Holy of Holies. I got to stay with this. It's in the Holy of Holies that we find the Ark of the Covenant. That's all Indiana Jones and stuff, man, and, and, and on you. But, but this, is, this is just wild. It, it was, it, 
it's, it's just, man, it's mind-blowing. The Ark of the Covenant re representing, again, this presence of God. Everything else revolved around that. Like, this became the center of everything. Um, again, and, and it's like, man, you will see it. This is what they put in the center of all that matters. Like, this is the ultimate price. He is. His glory is the price. His presence is the price. Being with him is this. And so, again, I don't know about, we have to get that back. We have, to, we have to get back to, again, they placed this in the center. We have to get back to putting him the most important thing in this church. We have to, we have to make him the most important thing in our family. You can't make your family the most important thing in your family. You can't make your spouse the most important thing in your marriage. You, you can't make your kids the most important thing in being a parent. No, what you make is the presence of God and make him the center and of everything else revolves around him and who he is. And so we see this now. It's the raw presence of God representing the Ark of, of the Covenant. Now, why is it and how is it, again, that this presence glory dwells there? It's interesting because there are some, uh, some pieces in the Ark of the Covenant. There are some things there inside the Ark, and, and this is why uh, the things that are there. There is, first of all, a tablet of stone. Now, the, ta <clears throat> the tablet of stone, th this, this is the second set of tablets that were made. All right, this is the second one. How many knows what happened to the first one? Some of y'all know. Some of y'all want. Some of y'all remember that. All right. So the the first set of tablets broken that God gave to Moses. He comes down and he sees the the children of Israel. He sees God's people who were supposed to be walking in a covenant with with Him, acting crazy and, and and in a place of idolatry. And again, He takes it and He breaks those things in frustration. And again, because again of the, because the sin of idolatry was in their life. But but. God, again, gracious and mercy makes a second. You know, he's way better to us than we are to him. He's way more faithful to us than we are to him. And I like this because the second set never broke. The second set never broke. And I don't know if you, you even see the foreshadowing here that we see of the one that would come and he would never sin. The first one broken because of sin. The second one takes upon the sin. And now we see here this tablet of stone that is now established and would not break because of the one who was to come. Now... <laughs> And again, they, uh, I, I don't know if they can see this, man, in the spirit. I don't know if, if what all God glimpses he gave them at that time. But man, thinking about this now, wow, to think about, again, the glory represented here because of what Christ would have done, never sinning. Now, we see, again, the tablets of stone there. Secondly, we see the pot of manna. And a pot of manna, uh, 
again, so much representation, which, which God miraculously preserved. And that's just like, again, the miracle, again, just in that uh, happens. Faith brought out one day uh, a bag of uh, bread, and we had left it in there way too long, and it had done turn green, and it had made it kind of fill in behind some stuff in, in the closet. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But then we pulled it out, and was like, yeah, we're going to hold off on that one. But this pot of manna that was there, again, miraculously, again, preserved, and again, showing what we saw back at that table of showbread, that he is the bread of life. And that he is the one who sustains us. He is the one who who supplies our every need. And he is the one, again, once he gives his life, establishing a new covenant, will never die again. Covenant is only broken by death, and he's not going to do it again. He established it then in that moment. Now, this is how he did it, because, again, I don't even know if you realize this. The third thing there, it was Aaron's rod that budded. Now, this, this Aaron's rod that budded was, was showing, I think, a couple of things. One, it was showing that, again, Aaron was the chosen. He was a chosen priest. He was a chosen high priest. But again, it's also showing again in that body of something that was dead that will come to life. Oh, man. He takes dead things and breathes life into them again. Some may are like, man, my situation seems so dead, so hopeless. Jesus can breathe life again. On that cross, after Jesus gives his life and they take him and place him in a tomb, three days later, he comes back to life again. Oh, man. So, again, we see this against so much beautiful works of what we see happen here in Aaron's rod that budded. Now, again, the ark, it was made of, it was made of this, this, uh, of this, of uh, acacia wood and acacia wood as I study this out is one of the hardest most indestructible woods that there is this is wild because again this is showing I believe that again he's saying nobody takes my life I freely lay it down. And so, again, this representation, again, that Christ lays down his life, gives his life for us. And then this, this Ark of the Covenant overlaid in gold, representing the divinity the, the, of Christ. On the top of the Ark, the mercy seat sat, and it was made of pure gold. Now, what we saw here in the steps you first of all find that light would come in that outer court from the sunlight. You enter into the holy place and you find that the lamp, the light would come from the lampstand that had been lit. But there was no reason for anyone to light and to turn on the switch in the holy of holies because the divine light shone so brightly, and the glory of the Lord was so strong. And I was kind of thinking, like, man, I feel like it's like in the outer court, we kind of like praise him for things that we see him do. And we thank him for that. And, and, in, and in that holy place, we kind of thank him for like the promises that are to come as we go into the next step of thinking, man, this is, this is I can't wait to see what God does. 
But I believe there's a holy of holies where we thank him and praise him for simply who he is. God, I love you because, again, not what you're going to do, but because of who you are. And we see, again, this would only be entered into on the Day of Atonement once a year by the high priest. But we see, again, that Jesus provided a way for us, all of us, to go in. Now, I pulled these up, and I, I, I again, just got wrecked just looking back over the things that Jesus said as he hung upon the cross of Calvary for us. And again, this holy of holies, this entire tabernacle, revealing a picture of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. We see something that happens when he gives his last words on the cross. <laughs> Some of y'all know the story, man. And it is just, it has wrecked me this week to look at and to read over these things. And, and I even put them in my notes in red letters. So like, even as I just read them and think about them, man, this was what he said as he hung there suspended as the purple, as the king of kings, hanging between the glory and my sin, as the one who came to be the one who fills in the gap, who gives us access into God's presence. He hung there and he spoke these words. As our worship team comes, I want to read these to you. That as he hung upon the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. You see, in the very beginning, you see from the, from the very start, you see again Jesus in perfect union with the Father. They're one in and so again, he says, forgive them. He said, secondly, he said, as surely I say to you that today you will be in paradise. He looks over at a sinner on a cross who wasn't able to go to faith track, who wasn't able to get baptized, who wasn't able to do any of those things, but says, surely I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you're the way. I believe you're the one. I believe you're the answer and the fulfillment of all these things. Jesus said, yeah, you get it. You're going to be with me. Oh, he goes on and he looks down to his mother and he says, Behold your son. And he looks at his disciples and says, Behold your mother. If you go on the fourth thing he says, is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And his humanity, as he takes upon all of these things, Oh, imagine for a moment the one who had not sinned taking on the sins of this world. Fifthly, we see, he said two words, and it was wild and kind of like wonder, like, Jesus, you're about to leave. Why even say these words? And he said, I thirst. I said it because he was thirsty, I guess. He can't lie. Jesus, he don't, he don't do that. But he said it because if you look down deep into the scriptures, it was prophesied that he would say those words. In the old, revealed in the near. And even down to every little final thing in scripture, Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. Fulfillment won't come any other way. 
Sometimes I'm like, man, when are we going to see it? Like it cannot come any other way. And sixthly, we see that he says it is finished. What? It is finished? Yeah. All those years of going in on the Day of Atonement. All those sacrifices being made. All the addictions that you're in today. All the struggles that you can't get out of. All the things that you can't give victory. All the relationships that are so messed up. No, no. He said, what I'm doing, what I'm giving now, it is finished. He said, paid in full, accomplished. It was a victory cry. He was establishing in that moment for us. A relationship unlike anything we could ever experience in anyone else. And we see seventh this in your notes today in Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 46. It says that now it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened. <laughs> and the veil, the divider, the separation <laughs> was torn into. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now I can come into the holy of holies. I can kneel and make my petitions. Now I can go to the holy of holies. And I can see him face to face. I want you to stand, please. Oh, man. <laughs> the veil has been torn for you. It's been opened up. Jesus has made a way. Oh, man. And I was thinking about how to close all of this. I was like, man, what do we do? How do we end this? Because this doesn't end. Does, this doesn't end. Well, this is the beginning. This is this is the big this is a start. I think sometimes we look like, man, it can't get any better than this. I'm like, yeah, it can. Uh, man, what God did in, in the last week's service is we encounter God, man. Can it get yes? Uh, why? Because the veil has been opened and access has been provided. And I can enter in. You can enter in today. This is today. This is the church. This is a picture of, this is a representation of from start to finish. 
that priest that we see in Scripture, he says that now we are a priesthood. That's us today. We enter in that altar of sacrifice. He's like, he's saying, man, lay your life down. Be a living sacrifice for me. This lampstand that we are to be the light now, a city set on a hill, burning once for him. The bread that if we partake of and as we remember what has been done for us, he said, now go feed. The altar of incense as we pray and release those things to the Lord. We enter into the Holy of Holies because in Colossians 1, he said, Now Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory is not in a room now. The glory is not something we're trying to work our way towards any longer. It's in us. It's in me and you. And today, I just want to just, as we close this service, again, don't leave if you don't need to. I don't want you to miss something. But if you want to experience the fullness of God's glory in your life, if you want more of Him in you, the veil has been torn. And access has been made. And today, I want us to do this. If you are hungry for the presence of God, you want the glory of God in your life, you want more of Him. Like when we this study ends, you don't want this to end. You want to continue into. You want this in your life. I want you to just to come and find you a place. I want you to get with God in these moments. And as Adam ministers in song, I want us to pray for needs this way. And, and if, if our prayer team could just be available on this side. There are needs in this room this morning. There are people who are battling some things Physically, And we want to pray for you if you have a physical need. There are people who are struggling in some areas and different things in life, and you need God to show up. If you need prayer, just step over here. Just come to this side if you need prayer. And again, if you need any prayer for any reason at all, these guys are going to pray with you. And if there's a no one that comes to this area, these guys are just going to find them a place and just pray and go after God. But we got time this morning, and I want us to do this today. I want you again, we've spoken these things so vividly over the last three weeks to get this in our heart. I want you to see yourself going in past the gate, past surface, into the holy place. And remembering what Christ has done and enter into holy of holies this morning the glory is here and he's in you the glory is here and he's in you thank you again for listening to this message we hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today if you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving stop by faithrenewed.org